0: Like we talked about last time I was up here, I don't know how Gary does the Bible thing and walks around and looks at his notes and reads because I can't do that. Uh, (laughs) Good morning. I love that song. That is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I really want to appreciate, I really want to thank Phil and the band for doing that. That is not an easy song. And I think a lot of y'all need to understand what these guys and ladies give up here It is so awesome to be part of this and to to listen to the music they bring every Sunday because it's not easy, and and we appreciate it. So, you guys are a bunch of tattletales, just so y'all know. Here I am trying to give a good word, trying to be different than Gary. I'm trying to be concise. And y'all go tell Gary we got a church early. I mean, he probably found out like at 11.15. Then we got out of church early. So, I got to figure out how to preach for two hours. <laughs> so just so all y'all understand, if the Baptists are there and y'all aren't, it's not my fault. That's y'all's. <laughs> in case y'all wondering, a non-preacher standing up here and preaching with the real preacher sitting in the audience probably is scary. Okay, just so y'all understand. <laughs> so between you guys being Tattletales Our pastor being part of the audience, I sure hope this sounds as good as it did in my head. So so let's get started. So how many of us are dads? How many of us are children of dads? So I think we can all agree, even if the dad's not in the picture, or even if he was a sperm donor or whatever, we're all still children, and we're all still children of our Lord and Savior. So as Gary has preached the last couple of weeks, we are all called to be difference makers. So what does that look like? We're called to have a Christian walk. We're called to treat treat others differently. We're called to be different in how we serve. And that's hard. So how many of us have that one person in our life that we consider a difference maker? I mean, how many people have and see that person? And think about that. Wouldn't you want to be, if you could, if you desire, if you have faith, to be that person? Wouldn't that be cool? So we are to be the salt and the light. And the word says in Matthew five thirteen sixteen, 16, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the word's clear there. We are to be the light, we are to be the difference maker. We are to be the salt and light on this earth. That's what God called us to do. So the question becomes are you being the salt and light at your home? Are you being the salt and light with your friends? Do they see the difference between you and the rest of the world? So Barry Reinhardt wrote that song we just heard. The first time they performed it was at a Taylor Swift concert. Pretty sure you could be the salt and light there. Um, They were opening for her and performing all over the U.S. But one of the things he says when you read about the song is him and the rest of the band did not feel like they were being the salt and the light to secular America. So they wrote that song in trying to figure out how to, to tell people more and show. And uh, I don't know how, how many of you have heard the band, It's Need to Breathe. And they have gone from a secular band to a very strong Christian band. And they do not back down from being the salt and the light anymore. So Barry went on to say that the band felt God was calling them to be difference makers. To be a difference maker in the crowd. To show his love, to give his love. And to live for his love. So again, are we, are you, are us being different makers? Difference makers. What can we do to become a difference maker? What is God's purpose for each of our lives? In my opinion, there's two purposes after we become Christians in the word there's a general purpose and a personal purpose as Gary has preached Phil just said and one of the founding principles of our church is we're to love God and we're to love people that's our general purpose love God love people sounds easy probably not but it sounds easy that's what the Word commands us to do. To me, our general purpose as Christians is to glorify God in all that we do and in our personal relationship with Him. To honor Him in all we do. And in Deuteronomy 6.5, God's Word says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Pretty sure if we pull that off, we're fulfilling what we're supposed to do, which is love God. Now we got to love people, so that's a little bit harder. I was telling Tanya today, my sister told me one time after she had heard me do a funeral, and she said, uh, I think you missed your calling. You should be a pastor. I said, no, I'm pretty sure I did not miss my calling. And she said, uh, "said why? And she said, I said, well, I love my people. I just don't like the rest of them, <laughs> you know. You're going to be a pastor and there's like 100 people in the church and like you like 25 of them. What do you do with the other 75? Like, you know, it's like it's I don't know what to do with that. So I'm pretty sure I wasn't called to be a pastor because I'm 58 years old and I haven't gotten over that feeling. So I'm pretty sure that if I'm supposed to love everybody, you know, like with love and everything, that's probably not going to happen. So, but what is your personal pur- purpose? What is your personal walk? So we just talked about and thought about that one person in our life that is a difference maker in our life. And as we said, we want to be that one person. Even if you're only that one person to somebody, just one single person. You want to be that person. Now, Sierra and I's goal is to get to be that person to lots of people. But that needs to be one of your personal goals is to be a difference maker to people. To love on people. To, to be the salt and the light. To be different somehow. As we know, the great difference makers were no different than us. They all had amazing personal purpose in, in, the, in the plan of God. But they were all just sinners just like us. Noah got drunk, Abraham lied about his wife, Jacob was a deceiver, Rahab was a harlot, David was an adulterer, Paul persecuted the church. Can you imagine Peter denying Christ three times? He stood right there beside him. So what we do know, if God can use these people, I don't know what else you could be. I guess you could be something else in one of those, but there's not a whole lot more than you, that you can be that he couldn't use. So what is our purpose? So as I studied for our time today, I reflected on what makes a difference maker. What is the purpose at our church? What is my purpose at our church? What is my purpose with my family? What is my purpose at my business? What is my purpose with my friends? And the most important of all of them. What is my purpose with people I haven't even met yet? How do you, how do you show that light and, and salt? How do you show that to people? As my wife would tell you, when I'm driving... I probably don't show that light. (laughs) I have this tendency to think if you don't drive like I think you should, that I should be able to run you off the road. (laughs) Seems fair to me. (laughs) So, how can we become difference makers? How can we discover our purpose? How can we discover God's plan for our lives? I want to give you three areas today to consider for us to to build upon and develop how to become better difference makers. The first one is character. The second one is skill. And the third one is your setting. Those seem weird. I wrote them down. I didn't like them. I wrote them down again. I didn't like them. But that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You've got, a, you've got a character. You're not a character. You have character. I probably have both of those. Um, you have skill, a God-given skill. And your setting is where God has placed you. So let's get into that a little bit. So our first component is our character. Every day... We need to be increasing in our godliness. Every day we need to get in the Word. And Gary said this a hundred times, but it's so true, and it works so well. There's 31 Proverbs. If you don't do anything else, read a proverb every day. Just one. I mean, some of them are why like, it like six minutes to read one of them. I mean, and that's if you read at a third grade level. So, I mean, read a proverb if you don't do anything else. But I tell you what, here's what I will challenge you to do. If you start to do that, all of the sudden, you'll read something in Proverbs and it will cause you to say, hey, well, I wonder what that meant. Let's go, let's go read that a little further. Let's go look and see what else God's word has for us today. So I encourage that. I encourage everybody to do that. So, um, so are we becoming more Christ-like? My wife told me I could not cuss from the stage. So I am not going to do that. <laughs> Just saying. But that's probably one of my biggest downfalls is my mouth's worse than Gary's. So, <laughs> yeah, really. But that's not Christ-like. Do you, do you love on people? Do you treat people? Do you show people that love? And, and, and that's hard. That's not easy. That's, that's not simple in any way. So are we becoming less of a sinner every day? You know, it says in the Bible you're supposed to ask forgiveness for your sins and you're supposed to forgive others. Part of asking for forgiveness is not doing it again in 10 minutes. That's part of that forgiveness thing. Are we becoming less selfish? Wow. I'm pretty selfish, so I don't know. Are y'all becoming less uh, I hope one of y'all is becoming less selfish. And are we helping others? I think I got that under control. I think I do help others. But these others I, I fall short of all the time. So to become a difference maker, these things become a must. If you're going to grow into our purposes or your purposes, we must be a person of character and integrity. You know how they define integrity. It's what you do when absolutely nobody in the world is watching. Now, I kind of challenge that a little bit. 'Cause we all know God's always watching, but the other thing that I think is important for integrity, and I travel a good bit and, and, and I get to be by myself some and you know, and I'm I hang out in different places and I'm talking to different people. But the reality of that is is what is your integrity when you're with not your friends? When your family's not around. That's just as important. What you do in the hotel room or what you do in your bedroom or what you do in your living room or wherever your private time is, that's one thing. What do you do when you're with other people? What does that integrity look like? Are you really going to be a man or a woman of integrity? Are you really going to love on somebody? Are you really going to help somebody? Are you really going to show somebody grace? Those are important things. That's that walk with with God that, you know, As you grow closer, those things become a little bit easier. My dad would tell you that the only thing you have to offer in your business career is your word and your integrity. And that's true in all of life. I've already established I don't like everybody, so I can say this. If, if you treat me with no integrity, and you don't keep your word, we're probably not going to hang out anymore. Probably not even going to talk. I have absolutely no problem talking, not talking to someone who has not treated me or my family with integrity, and they haven't kept their word. But think about that. Guess what that means? We've got to keep our word. We have to show integrity. That's a big deal. That's hard to do. A lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't understand how hard that is to do. But I ask each one of you to think about that and to concentrate on that. So as I said, when you go deeper in your walk and begin to live every day for him, no matter what's going on in your life, you will find that God gives you more and more opportunities to be a difference maker in your walk with friends, family, your spouse, people you don't even know. So Sierra and I begin to increase our walk with God, and we begin to loosen our grip on material and earthly things, it's amazing the opportunities that God has put in front of us and the things that God has helped us to be able to help others. So I do know that it works. So the second component is your skill set. So as Gary preached over and over, some of our greatest skills come from our life experiences. And looking around, beginning to know more and more people and beginning to hear more and more experiences, we have lots of experiences. I have lots of life experiences. I've screwed up lots of stuff. You know, as I told you the last time I was up here, Sierra's nowhere near my first wife. Uh, You know. You know, sometimes when uh when Gary's up here preaching about David in the Bible, I thought, hold on, is he talking to me or is he talking Because there's a lot of those things I've done. I've done some, I've done a lot of that stuff. You know, I, I I've cheated people in business. I've certainly been an adulterer. I've certainly sinned. So I've been in some of those things. So I know if I'm sitting up here, pretty sure some of y'all are okay. Without a doubt, my life experiences tells me that two-thirds of y'all out there want to say, well, you just don't understand. You don't know what I did. You don't know how bad I was. As Gary would say, we don't even care. We serve an amazing God. We serve a God that forgives. We serve a God that gave his only son to take care of our sins. So it doesn't really matter what you did or how you did it, who you did it to, because He forgave you. All you got to do is ask. It's that simple. Jesus, please forgive me for being stupid. It's that simple. So as I said in my daily walk, I certainly fall short every day of doing what I'm supposed to do. I often do not heed the Holy Spirit's prompting Hey, go speak to that person. Hey, go give that lady a little money because she needs it. Go do this. Go do that. I encourage you not to do that. And I know some of you think that you don't have the money or the time or the effort to do it. But I encourage you not to do that. If the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do something, I strongly encourage you to do it. I often walk past someone. We saw somebody yesterday, I sitting in the Taco Mac, and I did not do this. I did not heed the prompting that I felt. But this lady that was homeless, you could tell she was homeless, she walked in, she was talking to some people, and you could tell they were listening, but they weren't really listening. And then she walked to three or four other tables, and then we saw her leave. eating lunch yesterday. Why could we not have walked over there and given that lady $20? We don't even, I don't even know if she needed money. She may just want somebody to talk to. But all of us have those promptings. All of us feel those feelings. All of us know that the Holy Spirit reached out and said, hey, hey, go say hey to that dude. Let's speak to that person. Without a doubt, I listen like Gary Lamb says. Actually, I think it's Christine tells Gary. <laughs> Only with the intention of responding. had no idea what you said, but I've got something good to tell you back. So, hey, let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you what I meant. It's hard to stand there and look at somebody and listen to them and really engross yourself in what they're saying. But I encourage us all to try to do better at that. So as we've been talking about, we know all of our skills come from God and all of our experiences come from God. God. But think about this. And I don't know what everybody's situation is, but I know this. God placed us in our families. He placed us at our schools or our our jobs. He places us in places that give us the opportunity to share and to be difference makers he places us there pay attention he places us in places to maximize our experience or our whatever it is so the big question for us is when god presents us that opportunity to share from our skills or our experiences Will we be bold enough? Will we offer our experiences? Will we make a difference in someone's life? Sierra and I were with, uh, actually Sierra and the kids and all, I were in the Hilton Head this past weekend, and uh, I got the honor of being the president of the Georgia Utility Contractors Association. And uh, that, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I use the same theme as we used for this, this month, is to be a difference maker. And as I, as I really studied on that, I see a lot of people that have been the past presidents before, and they don't get involved. They do what they're told. There's an executive director lady there, and she, she does a good job of directing everyone, and, and that's her job. But these people don't get involved. They do what they're told. They go to these meetings. They go to this conference. They go do this. And it's real cool, but they don't get involved. They aren't difference makers. So getting up here in front of y'all is hard. Getting up in front of 500 of your competitors, 500 of men that you consider some of the best leaders ever, some of the best business people you've ever been around, and telling them that you want to be a difference maker and you want them to come along beside you. Come along and love on other people. You know, because, and let me talk to the men for a second, you know, we don't do that very well. Men don't do that very well. Men, men do not share their feelings well. Men want to, men want to, you know, kind of hide in their feelings. They want to hide in their experiences. You know, well, nobody needs to know. I, I'm the only person who ever did this. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> there's a lot of men. <laughs> men are stupid. <laughs> we're, we're not the only men that did that. <laughs> but it, it, but I tell you all that to say. I encourage you to be the difference. And all you have to do is be what you're called to do, which is be bold. God will give you the opportunity. He'll put you in a place. He'll show you, you know, hey, use this skill. Tell somebody that it's okay they're divorced. Tell somebody that it's okay that you haven't been a great dad. It may be exactly what they need to hear to be a great dad or a great mom. So we all have something to contribute and to share. Some experience, some help, some guidance we got from somebody else. You certainly don't have to be a great speaker because I'm up here. God will bless those who take the opportunity. And that blessing is is beyond measure. You have no idea what that blessing is like. So taking the chance is really what we're commanded to do. Use your experience to help someone. Someone. Use your experience to bless someone else. Use your experience to love on somebody. Think about the song. Think about the, how they talk about talking to, I'm the only one who talks to God. Well, you know, it's the interesting thing, what he meant by that was they were being Arrogant. He's not the only one who talks to God. You're talking about being, the, the thing that they found is they were being arrogant. They were touring with Taylor Swift. I have no idea how many, play, band, I don't have any idea how many places they played. But we all know that there were 30, 40, 50,000 people at each one of those places. And they were had the opportunity to share, and be the salt and light, And what they figured out was they weren't being the salt and light. It was cool to be on stage with 30,000 people. It was cool to perform in front of 30,000 people. It was cool to be out there. But as they studied, they figured out they were being arrogant. They weren't being the salt and light. They were being just like everybody else. So the experience that each of us have lived are for a purpose. You never, ever know when God will give you an opportunity to share. Somebody might leave out of here and find somebody in the parking lot. You never know when God will say, hey, Kylie, you're going to be the difference maker today. Here's what we do know: God has equipped each one of us, and he does want to use each one of us. The facts that you aren't perfect or the best is the and the best is the part he will use the most of. The fact that you're not perfect, he wants to use that. If you read the word at all. At all. Don't you know by now, reading through this, the the seven or eight people we talked about earlier? He loves bad odds and weak vessels. That's what we are. At best, most of us are bad odds and weak vessels. God loves us. God sent his only son down here to hang out. To be resurrected from the dead to ascend back to heaven for us. I'm not like Be- uh, Gary, I can't quote exactly where this is in the Bible, but y'all know this. He knows the, the hair on every one of your head. He loves the birds. He feeds the birds. There's nothing he wouldn't do for us. So the last component of our, of our purpose is our setting. Y'all can rest assured without any doubt, I would have never, ever, ever believed I'd be asked to stand up here before y'all. And I certainly wouldn't think that I'd get invited back twice. As a matter of fact, (laughs) I don't know where Phil is, but I hope he can hear this. (laughs) When Gary asked me the first time, he told Phil... Phil asked Gary, he says, What does David know about the Bible? <laughs> I know he knows about bourbon, but I didn't know he knew anything about the Bible. Now, unfortunately, he's right. But Gary said he needed a rest, and I was the only hope, so <laughs> that's why I'm up here. So he must be really desperate. But here's really the reality. Gary asked me to be here, Gary asked me to be here, and it's scary. It's scary to be up here. It's scary to talk to anyone about what God has done for you or for me. It's scary to share that you're not all that great. It's scary to say that you were an adulterer. It's scary to say that you're a sinner. It's scary to say all those things. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. I appreciate Gary trusted me enough to be up here twice. Hope I get invited back again. I want, us, I want each one of us to realize that God places us in our setting to challenge us and to use us. There's been times throughout my life that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't go where I was supposed to go. I didn't talk to who I was supposed to talk to. I didn't love on the person I was supposed to love on. And I have paid a lot for that over my life. But I will tell you this, the times that I have done what I was supposed to do, And I did what I was supposed to do and went to the place I was supposed to do. I gave the way I was supposed to give or whatever it was have been the greatest times of my Christian walk, greatest times with my family, greatest times with my friends. You got to think about that. You got to think about that. So let me finish with this. In Hebrews 11:4 through 12 and 11:17 through 31, God talks about faith. And he goes through and he tells us about different people that he used. Chapter 4 says by faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts, and even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. I'm sure that if I was a Bible scholar, I could tell you what by faith means three times, but I do know one thing, it says it three times. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not experience death. And he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his removal, he was approved since he had pleased God. Theme here. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who speak, who seek him. Y'all seeing the theme? God asked them to do something, and they went and did it. By faith. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. I don't know if any of y'all ever been to Kentucky to see the Ark in Kentucky? Can you imagine? That was lost his mind. Did y'all see that thing? You see how big that boat was. He's lost his mind. I don't know what he thinks God told him to do. By faith, he can do. He condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreign foreigner in the land of promise living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring. I don't remember exactly how old they were, but they were really, really old. Way past childbearing age. Even though she was put past the age, since she considered that the one who had, pro- <clears throat> had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one of as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as innumerable as the grains of sand by the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. How many would do that? I'm going to give you a son. Ah, I need to bring him over here. I'm going to kill him. How many people would do that? He received the promises and he was offering his unique son. The one it had been said about your seed will be traced through Isaac. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. And as an illustration, he received him back. Y'all willing to do that? Y'all willing to take your son? You willing to trust God for that? By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end, of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instruction concerning his bones. By faith, after Moses was born, he was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear, and, and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of a Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God Rather to enjoy the short lived pleasure of sin. For he considered the reproach the repro- because of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since his attention was on, on the reward. By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who, he, who sees him is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. So the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being encircled by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute received the spies in in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. So this is the most important part. By faith, David Westrick got up here today and hung out with y'all and spoke from his heart and told you what he thought the Bible said. By faith, y'all need to figure that out yourselves. By faith, y'all need to read your word. By faith, y'all need to speak to others. By faith, you need to be a difference maker. That's the most important part. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love God and love others. That's what this church is called to do. Isn't that cool? I mean, Gary says it. It's true. This is, there's not many of us. We can influence all of Canton. People know who we are. I can promise you. (laughs) Where do you go to church? I go to Action Church. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's Gary Lamb, right? Yeah. I can't tell you how excited I get, though, to invite them to come on. Come listen. You might find something you like. You never know. I mean, we have one of the best, if not the best, worship bands in the world. We have a great preacher. But even more, we have a great y'all. Gary will tell you, y'all run the church. He just comes up here on Sundays and hangs out. And I will tell you it's scary to come up here on Sunday. It's probably not for him anymore, but it's scary to come up here on Sunday. So thank y'all so much for letting me come up here again. Thank y'all for letting me hang out. Let's pray.